men need help here. Like no one's speaking to them. No one's really helping them in this area. And just looking at it and knowing that men aren't raised to be able to express themselves emotionally in a confident way. Like you guys are kind of taught, maybe indirectly, uh, most of the time indirectly, um, to not express what you're feeling because it may not come across masculine or don't cry because, you know, that's not a good look on a man. Like you want to show strength and be strong. So there are all these messages and no one's really helping guys navigate and understand themselves so that they can be confident in their relationships with women. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleaford. Welcome back, everybody. Another great episode of Modern Happiness. This time, we are working via Zoom. We've got a special guest outside of the Denver area. Matt, who do we got? All right, guys. Today, we got Stephanie Ganowski. She is a coach for men. Specifically, her signature program is called Relationship Mastery for Men. And not only relationships with people in their life, like their spouse, their family, friends, et cetera, but, and maybe more importantly, men's relationships with themselves. And I had a call with Steph uh, the other day and uh, man, her passion is palpable. So I'm so excited to have her on. So without further ado, let's welcome Stephanie. How are you today? Woo, I am good. I'm amazing. Thanks, Matt. Amazing. I love it. Um, cool. So let's jump right in. You guys know the deal. We're jumping into some rapid fire questions, Steph, so the uh, audience can get to know you a little bit. Um, and Taylor's going to take it away. All right. I'll start us off. So Steph, where are you from and where do you live now? I'm from New Jersey and now I live in New York City. So Ooh, Manhattan. Our, our producer's excited over there. New, big New Jersey girl over there. <laughs> Jersey. Woo. I hate when people hate on Jersey. Same, <laughs> same. -Jersey. No one gets it. It's awesome. <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah. Just because they haven't lived there. They don't get it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in Connecticut. Where in New York are you? Uh, by die. So lower downtown. Manhattan. Nice. Cool. I worked, I worked down there for a few years, building the world trade center when I was a civil engineer. Good times, uh -huh. good times. Uh, okay, so uh, next question. What's your favorite thing to do for fun? This is going to sound nerdy, but read. Oh, not nerdy at all. Oh. Love reading. <laughs> it's going to be a perfect lead. Yeah, book nerd. Love it. yeah we've, got, we've got another question coming for you on that one. But uh, third question, what is your most used emoji? Uh, I believe it's the laughing face. Oh, there's so many That's laughing solid. faces. Is it the crying laughing? Yeah. Is it... The crying laughing, it's like no the, tears. Call it, it's like the normal laughing face. Yeah. The most okay. useful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, do you know what a walk-up song is? No. Uh, like if you were playing baseball or you're a boxer, you have like the song that you come into. Mm. Gets you all hype. What is your walk-up song? I want to say uh, Boss Bitch. Nice. <laughs> By, uh, I forget her. I forget her name. That like female rapper. Yeah, I'm Cardi boss. B. Cardi B. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a no. Oh, not Cardi. That, we didn't even have to ask her to sing it. I know. Uh, this I is always the first. Love that. Yeah, I love people sing it. <laughs> uh, no, what's her name? Uh, the other one, Doja, Nicki Minaj. Doja Cat. Yeah, Doja Cat. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Never would have guessed that. I'm yeah, way yes, off there. Yes. Okay. Um, okay, big reader. What is your favorite book? My favorite book. I I have a lot. Um, I would say the all time, one of my all time favorites is how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. 
so good. Um, yeah, so that's probably my top. My yeah, top three. must read. Can't hurt me by there. David Goggins is a close second. Oh, I feel like we'll get Possibly into that. Third. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, Stephanie, Steph Ganowski, do you have a nickname? Steph SG. Yeah, SG initials. I like it. Nice. Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was young, what do I want to be when I grow up now? No, when you were younger. Yeah. When, you when were I was kid. younger. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cause I know a lot of adults are sometimes asked that question. <laughs> Still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was younger, oh my God, I, ch- I would change it all the time, but I remember wanting to be uh, a vet, a veterinarian cause I loved animals and yeah, I never really took that anywhere. Like it was just a childhood thought. And then, you know, as I grew, it changed a bunch of times, but I just remember really uh, always wanting to do that. So. Nice. Do you have any pets? I do. I have a, I have a chihuahua named Pico. Nice. And growing up, I had like two cats. I had turtles. I had a snake. I had, um, what else did I have? Another little animal. I forget, but I had a few animals and I was, yeah. I've always been an animal lover. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, cool. Final question. What is your superpower? My superpower is perspective shifting. Ooh. I think I'm really good at seeing things from different viewpoints. Um, probably because I have to, to help my clients see things from different viewpoints, but it's a skill I've definitely um, advanced over recent years and I'm really proud of it. Nice. I love that. It's cool. That's a new one. Very, very cool. Okay. Rapid fires are over. Um, so to, to kind of get started, I would love, uh, to hear a little bit more of how you got to where you are. You know, Matt gave you that intro and you are, uh, a relationship coach for men, which I think is really unique because it seems like in today's world, there's a lot of, a lot of times you'll see men coaching men or women coaching women. Um, so I'd love to hear a little background, kind of how you got into doing what you do now, what that looks like and why specifically men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is always the number one question I get. Like, what? What made you do that? Um, and it, it was really a mix of self um, self exploration because I had I was in this place of holding a lot of resentment and anger towards men, and I was actually one of those women um, in my younger years that was like, "Well, fuck, am I allowed to curse on here?" Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'd be like, "Fuck men. Men are assholes. Like nobody needs them." And I I had that mindset, and of course I would still date men. But guess who the guys were? Guess what the guys were like who I dated? You know, they were assholes. They were they were just confirming my belief, which at the time I didn't know I was attracting those guys because that's what I really believed about men. Um, so it was you know partially um, due to that, um, and that's where it actually started. Was like, all right, when I when I realized that there were some men who came into my life that started helping me, and they really didn't show any signs of wanting to use me or, you know, being an asshole to me, it made me question my belief around it. And I was like, wait, like these guys are really, they're not after anything other than being genuine people. It seems like this is weird. And it was like the first time in my life when I noticed that, and I was like, there must be other good guys out there. Like my belief must be wrong. And it was that first time I've always been like a psych, uh, like psych, I was a psych major. So I'm really into like the mind and understanding people, but this was just such a huge block for me emotionally based on events in my past. So when I finally was able to call out my bullshit and be like, wait, I've been attracting these types of guys. Not all guys are like this. I have to see like why men who are like this are and like how I can get in the heads of like and work with the good men to understand just like how men are feeling. Like I just had all these questions that like 
came into my head of, you need to figure out men so that you can help heal from your pain and your past and also help men and help future women who've been in your shoes. So it was just like this whole mind fuck of like ideas and things that popped into my head. And that's when I, uh, I took a gender, I read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I don't know if you guys heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really famous, popular book, right? About the gender <laughs> studies of differences in male and female behavior. So I read that book and at the end there was a certification and it was like become gender intelligence certified. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means but it sounds really cool. And it sounds like it's fulfilling the answer. It has the answers that I need right now. So I read, I took the course, um, I got certified and then they were like, all right, well you need a niche. Who are you gonna work with? And just looking at, I, I went into it feeling like I wanted to work with men, but it was just like that at that point I realized, wow, there's so many dating coaches like you guys are saying that are either women helping women, but guys helping guys. And most of the people I saw helping guys were either like these pickup artists that were like, how to sleep, but they're in two days. Or it was very much, um, you know, heartsy, fluffy content that was like women who were dating coaches for men and women. But all the marketing was so feminine. And I'm like, no one's really speaking to men about, you know, relationships. And I was more interested in the, in the emotional communication because from with my past trauma, like I was missing that emotional connection and emotional understanding of where guys were. And that's why I took that route of like, men need help here. Like no one's speaking to them. No one's really helping them in this area. And just looking at it and knowing that men aren't raised to be able to express themselves emotionally in a confident way. Like you guys are kind of taught, maybe indirectly, uh, most of the time indirectly, um, to not express what you're feeling because it may not come across masculine or don't cry because you know that's not a good look on a man. Like you want to show strength and be strong. So there are all these messages, and no one's really helping guys navigate and understand themselves so that they can be confident in their relationships with women. So that's kind of where I saw this big problem, and no one, I didn't see really many people speaking directly to men about this. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna be the woman that steps up and does it because I feel like to help men through emotions, it's better off being a woman than a guy because guys are always competitive in nature. And especially when it comes to emotion, guys are not less likely to open up and be honest with another guy about insecurities they're feeling than they would a woman who is emotionally more intelligent than them innately. And they can just put, they can have more security and comfort um, in a woman's space. So I just found like a lot of it made sense and I put the pieces together and I was like, this is what I gotta do. So yeah, that's pretty much where it started. I love that, man. That resonates so much with me. Um, I think I want to learn more about myself. I don't know if I understand myself and I, my background is actually college strength and conditioning is where I first started and definitely grew up in that environment of, you got to be tough. We don't talk about our feelings. Um, you know, and, uh, it took a lot of unlearning for me to just be open and vulnerable. And I think what's really cool about what you're doing is I see, you know, cause I'm a coach, Matt's a coach too. And the clients that we work with, um, there's a lot of, a lot to be said about like having similarities and I can understand what they're going through. But I think what's cool about what you're doing is being a female is you can actually have a, a complete different perspective, you know? And I think that's what some people miss when they are looking for a coach or looking to hire a coach is just trying to find someone who's exactly like them or has been through the exact same things. But sometimes you need a completely different lens to look at things through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's like going back to like what I think my superpower is, is that is being that lens because when guys have questions like, why would a woman do this? I can answer that question. And then when a guy is like, you know, I feel like I'm 
hold, I feel like I have shame around this. I'm not sure why, like I can give them the space to open up around the shame and tell them like, Hey, like I've talked to other guys who go through the same thing or, Hey, you know, you're, you're, it's okay. Like, it's cool. You could just tell me, like, I'm not going to tell anybody. And there's like, there just seems to be this certain safety around like, she's my, I've, I've had my clients tell me I'm like a loving sister, um, which I really like because like, they're just like, we can have this cool conversation where I'm just, I can let my guard down and just open up to you. And I know you got my back and you're not going to like talk shit and you're going to support me and you're not going to make a big deal if I like cry on a call. Like, so it's just, yeah, I think there's a lot of, it depends what the client needs and is looking for. And like, what's the person that I can get that from. So totally. I, I love all this stuff. Everything you said in that first, first monologue there was like, Oh my God, so much. Like I have so many questions, but one thing you just said, um, guys asking you, why would a woman do this? And then you're there to answer that. Can you give me some examples of what guys are asking? I'm so curious. What do you mean? Why would a woman do that? Like my, you mentioned like, Oh, guys come and say like, Oh, why would a woman do this? And maybe it oh, confuses oh, oh. guys and they don't know how to respond to it. Uh, do you have any examples of that? Yeah. I have an example today. A guy DM'd me and he was like, um, um, he was saying, why do women give white lies? Like when I ask a woman out, why do, why can't women just say, no, I'm not interested. Instead they say, Oh, I'm not ready for a relationship. And then I see that four months later they're married or they're engaged. And like, why couldn't, why can't women just be upfront, you know? And that's, um, that's a situation that may, that guys may have experienced women doing over and over. So they think it's a woman problem. And this is the thing too, is a lot of these things guys assume is just women, but they don't realize it happens to the other side too. Um, if you flip the coin, like guys are the same way. And how I explained it was like, I posted it in stories and I was like, let's break this down. And just like, first of all, you know, answer him in, in, in the sense that like, this is a male and female problem. And it comes from the majority of time people pleasing, right? A lot of people today have a really hard time saying no. Um, they have a hard time setting boundaries, saying, saying no, letting someone down because it takes a certain amount of confidence to be able to say, no, I'm not interested in you. Thank you. But I'm not interested in you. That takes a lot of confidence to tell mm -hmm. someone that. Um, and you know, the way that women do it, um, women, when it comes to women, women will do it as like a safety way to protect themselves, like the boyfriend excuse. Um, so I'll like get, I, I'll give an example. Like, um, if a woman is being hit on in a bar and she says, Oh, I have a boyfriend. It's kind of like subconsciously telling him like, first of all, I'm taken. Second of all, if you keep creeping me out and get a call him and he's going to kick your ass, you know, it's like that it's that protective, you know, we say that as a way of protecting ourselves because we know we can't physically protect, but if we pretend we have a guy who can protect us, it's like, it puts up a shield. So it's like a lot of the time it could be safety, safety reasons. Um, other time it's like the people pleaser, just general people pleaser tendency of like, I can't say no. And I don't want to like turn you down too harshly. Cause what if like, I want everyone to accept me, but like, I really don't want to date you, but I want your acceptance. You know, it's like, it's that feeling. And then it's also the lack of confidence issue where they can't be direct due to the people pleasing and just say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in you, but thank you so much. So do you coach your clients if, if a guy, you know, maybe the reverse situation and a girl comes up to him and is interested? And first of all, girls, man, if a girl comes up to me, I'm like, oh, yes, please, let's talk. Uh, uh, even just to feel it out, right? Um, I think that happens a lot more with girls who are like, nope, get away from me. But uh, what do you tell your, you know, your male clients who um, maybe receive that, maybe get hit on by a girl or whatever it looks like, uh, maybe go on a date and don't want to go on a second date? Uh, do you advise them to be like, Hey, be honest, tell them, Hey, I had a good time or I'm not interested. Or maybe they didn't have a good time. And you're like, tell them I had a terrible time. This is not a good fit. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's funny because I had like, I, three of my current clients had a, had a, pro, a big problem with this when we first started working together. One of my clients, I'll talk about two of my clients. One of my clients um, just could never, could never say, could never say no or like turn them away completely because he was like trying to keep doors open and also didn't want to make them feel bad. And also he felt like he had options, even though he knew none of these relationships would go long-term. And I was like, how many women are you on and off talking to? Like just keeping in your back pocket right now. He's like, uh, I don't know, probably a few. And I was like, count them. He came out, he counted six. Like there were six women he was talking to that he knew there was no long potential with, no long-term potential. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, why are these women, why are you leading them on? You know, cause essentially what you're doing is leading these women on. You're also lying to yourself. You're also wasting time and energy um, that you could be putting towards your work. Cause you're telling me, you know, you're feeling drained with work. Guess what's part of the thing that's draining you? All these people and these conversations that you know, you know, don't align with your future. In a sense, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to your future self. Like there's so much emotional baggage here that you just got to clear the air and say no and end these relationships. Um, so that one client did get down to dating, you know, a couple women. He doesn't mean he had to date one woman at a time, but he got rid of all those relationships in a very respectful, mature way, you know, just being open and honest and direct. And within that first week, he got rid of five relationships that he was just holding on to that he didn't need. And he was like, holy shit, like, I feel like a weight's been taken off of me. Like, why didn't I just do this before? Um, so, you know, so that's an example. And we were just laughing on the phone today about it because he's like, I can't believe I used to have like six numbers in my phone, just like going nowhere. Um, and then I had another client uh, or have that he's getting much better at this of just like, you know, I went on a date, but it's been a few weeks and I don't know how to tell her. I don't want to see her again. I'm like, why? Like, just do it. Like, let's write something up right now. And I'll like, Whenever my clients procrastinate on something, it's always going straight to action while they're on the phone with me. Like write up the text. And then as soon as we get off, I want you to send it. And then I want you to message me and say that you sent it. So it's like just holding them accountable to, all right, like validating their response and showing them this is okay. Like this is what a respectable guy would say. And there's nothing wrong with you saying this. Like there's nothing wrong with turning her down because you're not interested. You have to prioritize your wants and needs in your future. And if she doesn't align with that, bye. It's okay. You know, it doesn't mean you're a dick. It's just like, let her get on with her life and respect that, respect her, her, her time and energy and respect your own. So. I love that. You, ultimately a guy would want the same for girls leading you on. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm not interested. It's like, Oh my God, for months, I thought this yeah. was something and, and now it's not. So kind of like, you know, treat women how you'd want to be treated. Um, but exactly. I love this. that's what I did with him. I was like, flip the script. Like, would you want to be hanging around? And when he did tell her, she, he did have a really good positive reaction. And she was like, thanks for telling me. And at least being straight up and honest. So yeah. definitely people like yeah, that's, that. that's great. I know Taylor and I, you know, if we're on hinge or whatever, and all of a sudden two, three conversations start happening and it's like, this is stressful. I can't fucking handle this. Like, I don't want any more on my plate. Um, so that's so funny. It definitely resonated with that. Um, what, what is that like, you know, so can kind of put yourself in those shoes of maybe you're texting a few girls or whatever. Um, and you're, you said it that you're lying to yourself. If I'm texting a few girls, but I'm not really committed to a relationship, I'm lying to myself and that's emotional baggage. How is this harmful? How does this show up in other parts of our life? Well, it's, you know, if you get clear and this is something I have all my clients do is get really clear on like the man they want to be. So it's always about first clarity of where are you going? You know, because you can't, you can't get to where you want to go unless you know what that looks like. And you can't 
get there unless you know where you are right now. So it's getting really clear on like, what's the difference between future version of you, who you want to be and who you are right now. Like there's a gap, there's some kind of gap. So like, what is the gap and what needs to, what actions need to change within that gap so that you can be more like this guy um, on the end where you want to be. So part of that, like when they explain that guy and they explain his, um, you know, his daily lifestyle, they explain his, his values. It's, it's all about like, all right, well, this guy with this guy that we explained and got really clear on, would he take this action? And if he wouldn't, and they 100% are like 100% no, he wouldn't do that. Then it's like, all right, then you can't do that. Like, what are you going to do to change that behavior? What would he do? How would he handle this situation? And it's getting really clear on that guy that really helps them handle the now to make sure that it's aligned with who they want to be. Because there's a lot more pain when they take an action and full out no, it's nothing like what that guy would do. Like, then they feel pain. Then they're like, fuck, this is not the right move. This feels bad. And it feels bad because I know what it feels like. I can imagine what it would feel like to be this guy I want to be. And knowing he would do nothing like this, that feels like shit. Like that feels like I'm not a man of my word. Because if my word is getting to that side and getting to be that guy who I want to be, I'm going against my word. Like I'm going against my word as a man. So it's like when you create that picture and the feelings associated to that picture of their goal and who they want to be, and you tell them straight up, like, this is nothing to do with who you want to be. What are you doing? Like, that's the wake up call. And that's like, oh shit, you're right. All right. Taking action now. And there's more immediate action. And there's more like them stressing the point that I got to be a man of my word. I got to be a man of my word. And that's like, that's something I get in my clients' minds of like, are you being a man of your word? Because that's where a lot of men feel like they're on the right track and feel good about themselves. One of the main things that I hear from men all the time is fear of not being good enough. I hear it on a daily basis. It's crazy because I've never, I worked with women before in the past, um, like five years ago, but I've never heard this coming from women. And even when I talk to my female friends, I hardly ever hear them say things like, I'm afraid I won't be good enough or I'm not good enough. And with men, it's like a daily basis. I hear this phrase, I'm afraid I won't be good enough or I'm not good enough. And when, when these guys start standing by what they know they want to do and who they want to be, and they start aligning their actions to that, it's like the opposite of that feeling. It's like, wow, I am good enough because this is what I want and I'm doing it. Like, and they start, you know, building that relationship with themselves, like, which, which is what I'm focused on, like their relationship with themselves. And when they can do that, they do start feeling good enough because they're in alignment with what they want and who they want to be. Oh, baby. I love this. You're speaking my language. This is uh, goal setting. And really how I, I teach it with my clients is goals are not just things you do. It's about who do you need to become and creating a clear vision. And so it sounds like you really help your clients with a lot of awareness, you know, things they're not aware of, like what they actually want. It sounds like they're going through the motions or just dating the way they think they're supposed to. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what is, what is kind of a common thread or theme? Why, why do men come and reach out to you? Like, what are they struggling with? And then maybe what are the things that you help them with? They didn't realize, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe the, the common themes of, you know, what you help them with, they didn't realize like something Matt always says, you know, when it comes to you know, selling a program, it's like sell them what they want, but give them what they need. So I'm curious what the differences might be between like what they come to you for and then what you really actually help them with. Yeah. And that's been my, um, I probably should have put this as my biggest struggle as an entrepreneur, <laughs> the marketing of, cause I know what they need. So like when you know what the client needs, but you got to market something else, it's really like, it feels really frustrating for me anyway. It's like difficult. Um, and I think, you know, what I know draws more attention is when I base it around women 
And when I talk about women and like, here's what women want, here's the things you need to say to women. Here's like, you know, if you want a strong, if you want to be a strong man in a relationship, here's what you need to do. Like those things are more sexy and eye-catching because it's like, oh, I get the woman if they do this. Um, when really, when they come to me, these guys are just like not happy with themselves. Um, they never give themselves self-recognition for anything they do. They don't acknowledge themselves for what's going right and what they're doing well. It's always about, I got so much, like I got all this other shit to do. So it doesn't matter what I got done. It's like, I'm never proud of myself. Like, I just feel like I'm not moving anywhere. And it's like, once we get on the call, it's never about women. It's hardly ever about women. Like they're always just telling me like they don't feel good enough. Um, they don't feel like the man they want to be. They feel like, um, you know, relationships, of course, are like frustrating. They keep fucking up and making the same mistakes and they don't want to make the same mistakes. So that's something I hear a lot too, is like, I keep making the same mistakes. How do I stop making these mistakes? I don't think I'm ready for dating again right now. I want to focus on me, but I don't know what to do. So it really is, it really does come down to what they need is building their relationship with themselves. And just a client I was talking to today, like got on the phone and he was like all smiles and laughing for, it was the first time I heard him laugh since we started working together. And he was telling me how five years ago he used to laugh all the time. And he was like this exciting guy with this great conversationalist and used to go out all the time. And, um, and he lost that because his relationship was holding so much stress on him when working together. What he realized was like, I just stopped prioritizing myself. And I started putting all of my validation in, in her, like everything had to come from her. Like whatever made me feel good about myself, it had to come from her. And he forgot how to feel good about himself his own way, like on his own. And what a lot of men do and why they lose this is because men don't recognize, they don't give themselves enough self-recognition. And the brain is a reward system. The brain works on a reward system for us to do tasks again and again, right? So you have to acknowledge the things that are wins, no matter how small. Right. So it's like always reminding the guys like, Hey, this was a win. Like, that's a great thing. You wouldn't have done that last week. And they're like, yeah, but it's not a big deal. I'm like, Hey, no, it is because we need to start small in order to get here. You got to take the first step and it's going to feel small, but you have to acknowledge it. Cause if you don't acknowledge it, you're just going to keep going down your negative loop, your negative patterns. Right. So like once my client started acknowledging, like on a weekly basis, he was like, all right, I stuck with my gym routine all this week. I haven't done that in a year. That was like, you know, I reward him for that. And I'm like, whoa, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. Like, I try not to make it too cheesy and too like, yay. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like trying to keep it cool and just being like, whoa, that's awesome. Like, you didn't do that in, in a year. Like, that's pretty cool. What else? What else happened? So it's just like pulling out their wins and kind of just validating each win and not saying like, go celebrate that or like get a drink every time you go to the gym. Like, that's actually <laughs> not a good idea. But like going, you know, like you don't have to reward yourself in a crazy way. It's just look at it and tell yourself, I'm glad I did this. And not enough guys do that. They don't take the simple time to just take two seconds and say, wow, I did this. I committed to this all week. Nice. Cool. And that's really all it takes to start that pattern of uphill movement. When really what most guys do is like, oh, like I did this. Sure. But look at this mess. Like I, I fucked up. That's because I fucked up last year and like it started with that. And like, and then they just focus on this huge pile of shit when they're not realizing, Hey, I'm making movements though. I'm going up here. So it's like having my clients focus on these little steps, start changing, you know, shifting their RAS in their brain, which is your, your focus center, right? Your reticular activating system that keeps you focused and when they focus on the wins, they get more wins. And when they get more wins, they start feeling good about themselves. And then it becomes this whole momentum in this way instead of this way. Oh my God, I love this. Yes. Celebrating the wins is huge. 
all the time, you know, even with my clients, like I have so far to go, like I'm not doing as we had an episode last time about comparison and it's like, look where this person is. And yeah, I'm in this whole mess. Um, but to look back and see how far you've come. And when you start, this is exactly what we said last episode, like start doing the things, even the small things, and then recognize those things as like amazing wins and something you were talking about before. It's like attracting the same type of people, like all men are shitty. And then you're attracting shitty men. And it's like, because you continue to, it, it sounds like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like when they continue to focus on, I need to be here. I need to be here. Oh my God. I just like got out of this shitty relationship and, and she was awful. And that's all there is out there. These women um, who suck and whatever that looks like. Um, but instead, if we're shifting the focus to like yourself, then getting back to yourself, improving yourself and knowing that you're good enough and understanding what that really means, you know, kind of mm. being in love with yourself first. And then that way I've, I've told someone this, like, you know, when I was dating, it was like, if I get rejected by a girl, it's all good. I don't care. There's plenty more, first of all. And that's not a reflection of me. That's just like not a good fit. And I'd rather know now than a year down the, down the road, maybe we're fighting and, you know, cause we were never a good fit to begin with. Like, so cool. Let's get this out of the way. I'm happy with myself. I can go home and be super, you know, excited about maybe tomorrow or whatever I'm doing, you know, for the rest of the night or whatever that looks like. Um, so I don't really have a question off that. I just, I just love this idea that like, I think if you can really get clear on, you know, who you are, what you want, um, then you start attracting the right women, uh, probably vice versa for, for women attracting men or yeah. whatever, whoever you're yeah, trying to attract. Totally. Yeah. I love that. And I love that. Like you mentioned, like getting clear on, you know, like if, if a guy does feel like I don't feel good enough, it's my straightaway answer is like, what's the opposite? Like, how do you want to feel? If you're not feeling good enough, how do you want to feel? Cause I don't want to just assume that he wants to feel good enough. Maybe he, maybe the opposite of feeling good enough to him is I want to feel appreciated. Like maybe that's his word that he wants, but right now the pain is I'm not good enough. So it's like, all right, you want to feel appreciated. What would, what would have to happen in your life for you to feel appreciated? Like, what would that look like? Paint me a picture of like what has to happen for you to get that feeling you're after. And then it's like getting that clarity, you know, like you're talking about um, where it's like getting really clear on, okay, you're really clear that you don't feel good enough, but that goes back to the RAS in the brain, right? Like what you're, what are you focusing on right now? The main focus is the neg it's that negative thing that you want to get away from, but you don't know where you're going. So if you don't know what the opposing factor is to that negative thought, or that thing that keeps taunting you, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. If, it's, if that's the dominant thought in your brain, it doesn't matter how many other good thoughts you have in your brain. If the dominant thought is I'm not good enough, forget it, you lost. It's that I'm not good enough is gonna lead your actions, it's gonna lead your beliefs, it's gonna determine your life, your future. So it's like, all right, let's get clear, just as clear as you are on I'm not good enough, you have to be clearer on what, what you wanna be, how do you wanna feel? I wanna feel appreciated, all right, how do we make this as big or bigger than the thought of, I'm not good enough. How do we make that the appreciation or like, I'm, a, I'm, you know, incredible. I have so much value. Like, can we make that bigger? And what has to happen for you to make that bigger so that we can make that the new focus point in your brain. So that's all you see. And we change your subconscious wiring. Right. So it's like that clear, that clarity on what you want, make that the obsession, make that the new obsession. But you gotta get clear on it first. Otherwise you can't. <clears throat> yeah. You, without a clear vision, you don't know where you're going. Um, 
This is so cool. There's so many parallels to how I work with my clients with everything that you're saying. And I love this. And I think, I think even to life, right. You, you know, if we take a step back, everything you're saying, not just to romantic relationships, but I imagine a lot of your clients come to you and they're like, all right, she's going to teach me how to talk to women or get relationships or whatever. And, and you're like, no, I'm going to help you have a better relationship with yourself. And that's things that I do because it's like, if you show up as the best version of yourself, then you're going to be better. And that's what you were talking about where these guys either like lack confidence or they have self-doubt. And when you think about how are you going to show up on a date or asking a girl out or like whatever it is. And that client you talked about who used to laugh all the time, like when you're fun to be around, people want to be around you, you know? And, and I love what you talk about. Matt and I talk about celebrating wins all the time. And with my clients, I'll literally, I'll make them like, I'll be like, go have a one minute dance party and text me when you do like, you don't have to video it. No one has to see it, but like you're conditioning your brain to realize that that's a good thing and keep doing it. And um, I just think it's so funny that mo I, I feel like most people I talk to in life, if they have a goal, they think they need to do something or work on, you know, a skill and they never look inward. And it's like, actually they need to like take a step back. And I think that's, what's so cool about what you're doing. Um, so, you know, following up on that, I do have a question. We sent you a questionnaire before um, and we asked, you know, who is Steph? And you said she wants to make the world a more emotionally intelligent and empathetic place. Um, and so I'm curious, how would you define emotional intelligence? What does that look like with what you do? And, you know, how do you help men, you know, where are they now? And then how do, where do you help them get to? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I, I help men understand their emotions so that they can express them authentically and in a healthy way. So, if guys can understand what that means is like, all right, I'm feeling like this. Instead of just feeling a certain feeling and going and grabbing a drink with his buddies, it's like, wait, you know, you felt this multiple times. Why don't, why don't we talk about why you're feeling it? You know, and I, I take my clients through the understanding aspect of let's dig into it. Let's understand where this feeling is coming from and why it keeps coming. Cause there's a reason, right? Like, you know, you probably know this working with clients, Taylor is like every time someone has um, has a thought or a feeling reoccurring, especially it's serving them in some way. There's some way that, that no matter how negative it is, it's serving them, um, in their current lifestyle. So they're not going to let go of it until they understand why, like, what is that feeling doing? And sometimes the why is you got to release this. Like it's still stuck in the body. When are you going to let go? You know, your body's like bringing it up so that you can do something with it. And if you just keep repress repressing it and shoving it down, you're going to, you know, you're going to repress the feelings and then your communication is affected by that. And then a woman calls you out on something you feel insecure because you don't know how to talk about an emotion. You don't know how to deal with it because you don't understand it. So you lash out or you don't understand it. So you go run away and you hide or you ignore her or you change the subject, which is another avoidance tactic of like, Hey, how about we go out to this nice restaurant? It's your favorite. And like guys end up doing things like this. So do women, but like I work with guys. So guys start doing these things to suppress the emotion even further and it turns into this, you know, based on them not understanding it and not them looking at it because it's uncomfortable. And a lot of guys feel the insecurity around emotions because it's like, I don't understand this as well as women seem to. So I feel less of a man. I feel out of control. I feel like a pussy. You know, a lot of different thoughts and beliefs come up in men because it's like, I feel like I should know this. She seems to know it. Why don't I? Fuck, like, fuck this. And it's kind of like this, this factor of like, I got to run away or I got to react defensively to get out of this situation of emotion because I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to communicate through it because I don't understand it. So it's like the understanding is the most important piece. And that's why to make men emotionally intelligent, um, more intelligent than they are, is to help them understand and sit with the emotion before it turns into 
something that can lead to abuse or something that can lead to self-harm or you know, an abusive relationship, a toxic, them attracting toxic partners because they don't feel like they, de they deserve a good partner based on this feeling. Or, you know, like just, I just had a new podcast episode with, um, with a physical therapist doctor and he was talking about, um, he was talking about men suppressing their emotions so deeply that it leads to back pain and that most men's back pain is due to suppressed emotion because they don't they don't breathe they don't like feel relaxed when they're dealing with emotions they just shove it away and it's this tense subject because they feel insecure around it so it's like you know bringing it back to the answer of your question it's really helping guys understand it so that they can express it in a way that feels good and confident and you know, something as simple tactic I do with my clients is like, hey, you're feeling this way. You keep it keeps coming up in you. Why don't you take some time tonight to just answer these journal questions? I'll give you a few, few journal questions. If you happen to cry, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Like if you happen to get really frustrated and pissed, it's okay. Don't worry about it. If you happen to get like really happy for some reason and a memory comes up, write down the memory and we'll talk about it next call. So it's like giving them permission to to like hey, go, go do this exercise, telling them what to do so they have direction and then giving them permission to whatever happens, whatever reaction comes up, it's all right, just sit with it. Like, just stay there. And then they know exactly what to do. It's like, all right, she said something may happen, whatever happens, I'm okay. Um, you know, it's normal, so that's cool. All right, I'll just write this out. And then, and then you know, sometimes a guy will, will say, like, Steph, I got really emotional when I did that and I cried. I don't remember the last time I fucking cried. And they get a little embarrassed. I'm like, and they'll actually say, but it felt good. Like after it actually felt good. And I feel like there's more there. So I'll tell them, all right, next week, I want you to set some time aside next week for the same exercise. If you happen to cry again, cool, that's fine. But like, if you get really emotional, how much time are you going to allow yourself to get really emotional and like, or to get or to stay pissed about that thing? Like, let's give a time frame, And then I'll like give them permission to like take some time to just emotionally let loose and then also cut themselves off. So, and that, that brings back the control of the manhood where they're not just like, all right, stuff's telling me to cry all weekend. It's like, no, I'm giving you permission for space to cry. Do it first to give yourself an amount of time where you need and then cut yourself off and say, all right, I'm going to put, get my shit back together and I'm going to focus forward now, now that I gave myself that time. So a lot of it has to do with like giving men understanding. So a new perspective, giving them permission and direction of how to navigate the emotion and then also giving them that that time frame where it's not just like, right, stuff stuff wants me to cry or like be emotional or like be pissed about this thing. It's like, no, we're gonna give yourself permission and at a time, then you're gonna tell me when you're ready to cut it off. So it's like this helps them gain control over their emotional state and understand it better. This is gold. I love it. Um, so follow-up question. I have typically with my clients, I do the same thing. I have some people who um, they want to sit with their emotions way too long and just kind of wallow in that. And then there's others who are like, they just don't feel it. And so it's kind of that balance. You had mentioned journaling and that's, that's something I do a lot with my clients. I'm curious if you have, you had mentioned, you know, um, a healthy way to express these emotions. Do you have any other tactics or tools that, um, you recommend to your clients? Besides journaling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, mostly it's, it's journaling. I have them talk things out sometimes, um, sometimes writing things down, like writing bullet points and then having themselves talk out in more detail what they wrote in the bullet point. Cause that's just another level of getting it out of your body. Right. So it's like journaling is one way to release. It's an emotional release. Cause you're writing it out. You're getting it out of the, uh, you know, the mental eye and onto the physical eye 
it's like, it's a way of seeing it out of your body and actually feeling a release. So another stronger release is to also verbalize um, the feelings or verbalize the situation. So you're getting out vocally as well as uh, verbally written, right? So, um, so it's like when you can find different forms of release, another way is breathing techniques. I tell my clients to, I have a breathing podcast episode that I did with the breath coach. So I'll either send them that episode and tell them to go through that. It's like an hour long. Um, so that's a way for them to open up. Cause a lot of guys, it's hard for them to open up and they're just like, all right, think about it, but I don't feel anything. Um, so often breath work, once they start that halfway through, they almost always start feeling emotional because when you breathe, it's a way to release emotion as well. So that's like a trigger to help the body have a cathartic release. Um, so breathing, writing, verbalizing, um, sometimes like doing a workout first is another trigger point to get emotion out. So like doing journaling exercise after certain things like workouts or endurance training. Um, yeah, there's just like, I'm trying to think there's definitely another one I do all the time. Um, even talking to friends, like talking to certain people who you can get different perspectives on, um, about yourself, like asking them, what do you think about me when it comes to this? And, and having a really good friend that you trust can be a great exercise to see another viewpoint of your value. Like I just had a client today I was talking to, came back to me and he said, um, you know, I asked my three good friends, because this is one of his exercises from our last call. I asked one of my three, one of my three, three friends sent me an email back when I asked him what he found valuable um, as far as our friendship goes. Like, what's the value he sees in me? Why is he friends with me? Um, and this guy wrote this like awesome message that was really like, direct and really clear. And at the end, my client was like, this last part, I teared up because it's like, I, he's like, I can't believe like I teared up at it, but it was so awesome. Like it was something I never recognized I did, but I like intentionally always try to be that kind of guy, but I didn't think anyone saw it or like noticed it. I, I love all this. This is all great. So if people are practicing this stuff or journaling, they're allowing themselves to cry and you know, I'm sitting over here and I'm like, cool. All right. Steph says like, it's cool to cry. And, and one thing you told me, you know, is like, all guys are going through this shit. All guys have these thoughts. You're not alone. That's important to remember that like, you're not a pussy. You're not a little bitch. Like this is all normal stuff. So now I'm sitting over here and I'm feeling all these feelings and my girlfriend broke up with me and I'm just like bawling my eyes out. And you said, okay, what do we do next? What's the next step? All right. I'm going to start thinking positive thoughts. Um, we start doing these things. Maybe someone's listening to this and is like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sit and cry. I don't cry. I'm, I'm, you know, having these, these old thoughts, right? I'm a man. I don't do this. Like, yeah, sure. I'll try journaling, but uh, maybe they're still a bit hesitant to go down that route. What is the outcome when men are able to do this, when they're able to start feeling their feelings and their emotions and they allow themselves to cry and yeah. And they're just like, okay, I felt sad. All right. Take a deep breath and let's, get intentional about what I want from, you know, the next girl that I meet or things like that. So like, what's the, what's like the next step? Sorry. No. So my question is like, you know, if we're able to get vulnerable, what is this outcome? How do your clients, like they make this big transformation. What's life like now for them? Yeah. So once they get, once they get comfortable with it, like I said, this leads to better because um, the suppression of emotion leads to negative forms of communicating with, with partnerships and not just romantic, but all relationships are damaged. Um, so when guys, so I'll, I'll talk about that, what happens 
as far as damage goes when you're emotionally suppressed as a man. So, you know, the communication, like I said, there's the avoidance factor, the lashing out, um, the defense mechanisms in terms of communication, um, that stuff happens. There's lack of boundaries um, because the less you prioritize yourself and focus on your value and strength, the more you allow people to treat you like shit and take advantage of you, um, take advantage of your time and energy, you know, things like that will happen. Um, you know, even just stress, allowing stress to really weigh down on you because you don't have a way out. You don't have any way to release the stress. Um, so a lot of men just live with this constant stress that's just reoccurring. And what does that lead to in itself? That leads to um, excessive, you know, masturbation or watching porn, things that also deplete energy and also cause negative habits that men don't want. So there's things, you know, these uh, negative side effects also go into negative habits and other side effects that are just bringing them down this, you know, spiral. So when guys start doing this work of understanding their emotions, which is essentially understanding themselves and being okay, understanding themselves and being okay with what comes up and just accepting it as like, okay, like this is part of me. Like, do I want this or do I want to let this go? And like, if I want this, how do I work through it? You know, what, what do I want more of in my life? And that's really what it is. Like when I, when I, take guys through emotion. It's hardly ever focused on like, all right, we need to cry and release emotion. Like I never word it like that. Like that's what they do, but it's like, it's always talking to them about, okay, like how was your week? First of all, let's start with the wins. And then, you know, how was, um, like, what do you struggle? What are the challenges of the week? And then they'll talk about it. I'll be like, why do you think you have that thought? That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Like, let's dig into that. So it's more of like a curiosity, like, oh, okay. And then it leads them into this place of being more vulnerable. And by the time he's so opened up and trusting in our conversation and vulnerable, then when I mention the point of like, you know, journaling and doing this work, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah, this definitely isn't a good thought or feeling. I definitely should get rid of this. Cause it's like talking through the logic. What, what a lot of, what helps with a lot of guys is like making it logic, like talking more, starting with the logic factor of like, hey, like this definitely isn't working for you, right? Like think about like you just having that reoccurring thought. What do you think that's doing to your work? What do you think that's doing to your relationships? And they're like, yeah, probably not helping. That makes sense, right? Okay, we need to get rid of this emotionally. All right, how about you do this exercise? That's what will get rid of it. So anyway, that's how I like transition it. And then by the time the outcome, as what your question was, was once they understand um, the, the downward spiral they've been in, they accept that they want to change, which is a huge part. They have to accept, they have to like not play the victim. They have to realize, all right, I want to change and I am humble enough to ask for help. And then I take them through that transition process. And on the outside, opposite end, they do start prioritizing themselves and their emotions. And when they feel something that doesn't feel right, they call it out and they call out the bullshit instead of trying to escape from it in, you know, habits that don't work for them. They're like, wait, I don't want to do this. Um, you know, what do I want to do based on the goals I told Steph? What do I want to do more of? What's that positive habit I'm supposed to turn to whenever I feel like doing this, this thing I don't want to do. Okay. I'm going to do that instead. So it's like, they start taking on more positive habits. They start focusing more on their goal and that man they want to be, they get happier. Like they start laughing more. They start joking more whenever they have like stress. They're like, you know, I had a really stressful day and a lot came on, but I kind of reframed it for the first time. And I was like, whoa, like this is actually exciting. This doesn't have to be stressful. Like this could be fucking cool. Like, and they start seeing things differently and like their body language changes and their, their clothes are more put together because they're finally prioritizing themselves. And then when they prioritize themselves and their emotions, they, um, they set boundaries because you don't allow people to take advantage of you and waste your time and energy when you don't do that yourself. So when they start 
taking themselves more seriously and call out their wins and have that self recognition. They, they feel like a valuable guy. Like one exercise I have is like make a list of 30 things that show you're a valuable man, like value. You bring value to yourself, to your friends, to a loved one. Like what's all the value you have potentially. And that you have right now, make a list of 30 things and these guys will do it. And after that, that list is always, the exercise is always blowing them away. Cause they're like, Holy shit. Like I never really thought of myself like this until I did this. And and fuck, like, I, I just like, and my clients will tell me, like, I've been reading that every morning. I'm like, I didn't even tell them to read it. They just read it and they felt so good reading it that they, they it's their go-to whenever they feel like they're in a slump or going the opposite way. So it's like just taking on And My clients will even say, I thought it would be stupid. Like I thought the exercise was stupid that you gave me, but I just did it because I'm paying you. So that's <laughs> like, but once I did it, holy shit, like that makes a difference. And it's just, you know, having the trust and taking the action, no matter how dumb it seems, no matter how, it seems dumb because you never did it. Like, that's why it feels dumb. And you have to, what I ask guys is like, all right, are you better off doing like an exercise that maybe appears corny or are you better off staying in this shit mindset where you fucking hate yourself? Like what's dumber, honestly? Like what's, you know, what's, cor what's, I don't know. Like, that's how I like to phrase it is, are you better off trying something that maybe is corny but could potentially change your life or you'd rather sit in your shit? Like pick one. Oh my um, God. So they usually- Sorry, I'm fired up over here. It's so good. What you're doing right now is not working. You might as well try this exercise and see if this works. Um, it must be why I'm feeling so good lately. I haven't masturbated in weeks. I have had some stressful days, but I sit with my emotions and I'm like, what is going on? You know, what can I do to um, improve? And I think that like, what value do you bring? And it's like reminding myself like, oh, you know, say for example, I have a few sales calls and I don't land them instead of being like this downward spiral of like, well, I'm clearly a shitty coach. Nobody wants my service. I suck. I suck. I suck. Then what's going to happen. You're not going to show up for the next person the way you normally would, or as your higher self would. So instead writing down, you know, how do I bring value? You know what? I have helped all these people. Look at my last clients who did X, Y, Z. It's kind of going back to what we talked about earlier and celebrating those wins. Um, but it's just kind of continuing that upward spiral of um, like you said, you start to live a happier life. I, I'm a great anecdote of it. You know, I do, I work hard on a lot of this stuff and instead of grabbing a beer and, or whatever, or masturbating to make myself feel better. It's like, let's sit with those emotions and how am I feeling right now? And what does this mean? And also like, what is the universe trying to teach me right now? Or should I didn't make mm -hmm. sales calls or like another failed relationship? What is, what is the world telling me? Maybe like you said, like I need to look inward and figure some shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way to look at it too. That always keeps you on that upward momentum. Cause what I tell my guys is like, shit's always going to happen. Like, it's not like life is always going to be fun and dandy. So like when shit hits the fan, how are you going to react? Like, that's the most important part. Like when she rejects you, how are you going to react? It's not about her. It's about you and your reaction and your reaction comes from your emotional control. And once you start understanding your emotions, you can control them. You can't control what you can't understand first. So it's like, there's so many ways in light, you know, a sales call example, like my clients have sales calls and it's like, oh, I fucked up my calls this week. I'll be like, all right, what did you learn from those calls? What can you do better in your next calls? How is this a, how is this a lesson for you? Like, let's, let's focus it in that direction where it's, it's making you better. It's making you wiser. Like, see it that way. And then you can react based on how you feel. Like, when you see it that way, your energy shifts, right? And you have a, a better energy going into your next call because it's like, all right, now I have an idea of what can go better with that energy versus, all right, fuck my last one up. Shit, hope this goes well. Like, mm -hmm. there's a major difference in action. And that's why it always goes back to like, how are you interpreting the event? And then how are you emotionally taking in, mentally flipping it and then pushing forward? So it's just like, 
which direction do you want to go in? What do you need to do to get in that direction? A lot of it has to do with emotion. And if emotion feels weird for guys, it's simply because you're not used to it. That's it. Like once you get used to it and you're comfortable with yourself and your, your thoughts and your feelings, then it's like, all right. Like, especially in communication with women. Like I have a client who has a girlfriend, um, another client who has a wife. So like when they, um, and my client today was actually telling me this too, when they, they realized that they're like, now that I understand where I am, I can be more empathetic with her. And it's kind of like when I feel like emotionally strong, I can hold better space and hold a masculine frame for my woman when she's freaking out. And like, maybe she's just PMSing, but that takes off, like that sets off a lot of guys when a woman's just simply being emotional or like a little bitchy, like a lot of guys will get defensive because it's like, they take it personally. When like, once you have an emotional understanding and you can, you can empathize more with people and you realize that like, when she's just like shit testing you or being a little bitchy based on her PMS, you could just be like, all right, all right, you're being a little bit here. Like, I love you, but this guy, this got to stop. You know, it turns into more lightness. There's more play in the communication. There's more, you know, depending on your girl, like you can talk to her. <laughs> I don't know what your girlfriend's like, so don't say uh, that to anybody. I, I, like, love, I love that. My, my ex, you know, you wake up one morning and all of a sudden it's like, we had a great night, wake up the morning and it's like, say one thing. And it's like, what the fuck just happened? Like, is this really how she wants to start the day? And I go pee and I see a tampon wrapper in the garbage and I'm like, oh, I know what's happening. It's like you think after seven and a half years, I would have picked up on this, but it's still a surprise to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it is, but it's like, even, even when she's not Pima, even when she's just like a little moody, it's like, all right, I'm not going to let her, her mood get to me. You know, like my clients start thinking along those terms of like, all right, she's in this mood right now. That doesn't determine, determine my mood. And if she's being disrespectful to my clients, they know how to say, Hey, you're, you're disrespecting me right now. Like I feel disrespected by the way you're speaking with me. Like, can you, can you talk a little different right now? And it's just like having guys, like guys need to be confident in themselves to be able to call that shit out because a lot of guys can't call their women out in that way because they have a fear of losing her because she validates them, you know? So it's like when guys are able to lose that validation because it only comes from their woman, when they like don't need that from her, they can stand up for themselves. They can hold boundaries in a partnership. And when they hold boundaries, guess what? That's fucking sexy. Women like that when a guy can stand for himself and has a backbone. You know, that's the difference between a nice guy and, and, um, and like a sexy guy is like the nice guy, the nice guy, right. Doesn't have a backbone. He's just always trying to please. Cause he, he needs validation for himself. The guy who's actually nice and kind hearted, but also gives off a sex appeal is a guy that has a backbone. He doesn't need to please her. He wants to please her, but if she, you know, he doesn't need it to make himself feel like a man. And that's the difference there. I think a lot of guys need to realize too. And that comes from emotional awareness of self because you can't be a confident guy unless you understand all parts of you and your emotions are a huge part. So it's just going to shift in so many, you know, upswings when it comes to communication with women as well, because women for the most part, don't always remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. And when a guy is super confident and he comes across just like fully authentic and confident and not needing to please her and just still feels good about himself regardless of what she does. It's like, oh shit, like that's the guy I wanna be with. That man is strong. Like when women think of a strong man, we think of a man who's like unshakable mentally and emotionally. It's not about the muscles because you could have all the muscles in the world and be the weakest guy in the room. It's like your strength comes from your emotional and mental control over yourself as a man. That's what makes you strong. That's what women want. And the more you can do that, the more sex you are, the more sex you're going to have, the more women you're going to attract. Like that's, that's it. Guys need to realize like this is important stuff. All right, guys listening, go rewind the past 
one minute and become unshakable. That is yeah. really good. It's sexy. I fucking love that. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is so good. I'm taking it all in. Uh, Steph, I'm curious, what is the hardest part about your job being a coach? What, what do you struggle with uh, to help your clients? Hmm. I would say... Um... It's really interesting. I would say that sometimes it's hard for me. I guess this is kind of personal, but this is what comes to mind. Is like, it's hard for me to be very feminine because out of fear that I might lead a client on or say like the wrong thing. Um, so I tend to have a very like directness about me where I try to balance, cause I need that feminine to give them that right perspective, right? but I also can't be, I can't be flirtatious. You know, I can't be like luring them in. Like I have to be very cautious because sometimes the line is more, I think the line is more blurred for men than it is for women when it's like uh, perceiving being hit on or being flirted with in that way. So I really try to be as professional as possible. And it's not hard for me to be professional at all. Um, my clients are super respectful guys too. So I've never had an issue around that or given like like I've never had a situation where I gave someone the wrong impression, but I think that's just an underlying fear for me. And it's like, I feel like I want to be more feminine, but my job sometimes suppresses that femininity. So that's like personally what makes my job working with only men all day, talking to guys about their like emotional problems for the most part is like what kind of suppresses a part of me. And I'm not blaming them but you know, it's just like the nature of the job. So it's like up to me to obviously fix that and obviously make more space for my feminine. And yeah, so that that doesn't get, so that I don't hold resentment around my job for me not feeling fully feminine as I want to. This is a great conversation in itself because I think, um, you know, I work with a lot of personal trainers, a lot of women who might be surrounded by a lot more men in the gym and things like that. And even in the corporate world, right? Women might have to act a little more um, kind of like what you're saying, if it's maybe more masculine or, or they feel like they do, maybe they don't, maybe they shouldn't. Um, yeah. what, maybe what are I you? Don't. That's like, maybe I don't, but I feel like more masculine with them. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I mean, I hear you out, you know, pff, man, I'm a little flirtatious and you can get me into a little bit of trouble. <laughs> maybe it's the hair. Um, but <laughs> I'm curious, uh, what, what, what for you, um, are you able to do outside of work to make sure you're still, you know, having that nice balance of, you know, having your feminine energy show up and make sure you're taking care of yourself? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And I did a lot more of this in when I was living in California about a year ago. Um, and I just moved to New York city. So it's like, I had like seven really close girlfriends and I belonged to an aerial studio. So I was constantly pole dancing and like being upside down dancing and twirling and like going on the Lyra, like the big hoop. And that was super feminine. Like that was a, it's a very feminine sport, aerial dance. Um, plus being around girlfriends that I built relationships with for the last three years. Um, so I think that missing that makes me feel this way again, where I'm like craving, um, more feminine. I also just took up uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which didn't help. It's just like, all right, like I'm realizing this is like, this is a personal thing that I need to prioritize and focus on. Like, what can I do now in New York city? Since I'm just building friendships, I don't have very tight female friendships yet. Um, and I'm also, you know, took on a more masculine sport. So it's like, what do I need to do to, to bring more of that out of me? Um, I think a lot of it, 
you know, is going to be probably, probably I'm going to look at an aerial studio in New York. So of course they have them in New York and now with the shutdown, like things are more lax around opening things, opening back up and whatnot. But yeah, that's a good question because the only thing that comes to mind is what's worked for me in the past and that's girlfriends and my studio. So I think doing more creative things to be in my feminine is also helpful. So like going outside on the grass and like meditating or drawing or, um, I'm a terrible drawer, but sometimes I like to color. <laughs> I don't draw, I color. Nice. Um, like coloring or doing something creative. I started playing piano too. So that's more of a creative part of me. Um, but yeah, these are like more ideas. They need to be more set in my schedule now that I'm talking about this. So thanks for bringing that out of me because it's yeah. definitely something I want to work on. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I can definitely resonate. I'm curious how much you feel like um, it's like taking a dose of your own medicine, like constantly coaching clients. And then also, you know, taking a step back to be like, okay, I need to do these things. Or like, I know for me, sometimes I'll catch myself. I might be struggling with something. I'm like, oh, what'd you tell your client today? Let's do that for yourself. Totally. Yeah. I do. I do the same. I always catch myself. I'm like, wait, what would I tell a client? What would I tell a client? You know? And, um, I recently got a concussion from jujitsu and this happened two months ago. So like that's put me in a really negative mindset. Cause I have these symptoms that I can't control that just take over, you know, take over parts of my life that I never had limitations. And now all of a sudden I can't do those things. And it's like, really, you know, it gets to me. And I just like, you know, my mom will have to like, kind of coach me and be like, what would you tell your client right now? Like you're, you know, you're acting, you're all pissed off and like, it's okay to be mad and frustrated, but like, what can you do to like, to, you know, look at this video, this girl has like one arm and she's like finding a way. And like, so she like tries to like change my perspective like that, but that at least, and I don't always agree with the ways that she does it, but I do like being kind of called out on my shit because I call my clients out on their shit. And I, I'm not currently seeing a therapist. I have a coach and mentors, but I'm not seeing a therapist, um, to, to talk about like the frustration of this injury. So I just have like a business coach is what I meant to say. Um, so it's like having someone call out my bullshit when it comes to me reacting negatively and getting caught in that spiral is really important. So I'm glad that I have, you know, close friends who are like, Hey, look at this though. Like you're crushing it here. And like, you're going to get better. And like, it's going to be okay. Like, how do you want to look in three months? Yeah, that can happen. That's possible. Like, so it's just, yeah, it's just reiterating the stuff that I tell my clients and having the support system around me to remind me of that. Cause we all need accountability, you know, like you guys too, like, just cause we coach people all day and help them doesn't mean we don't have our own shit. Like, you know, it's like, we all as humans, we deal with shit, no matter how much we know, we're going to deal with shit. We're going to have arguments. We're going to have uncomfortable situations. Like we're going to have injuries that limit us. Like, and it's like going back to what I tell myself about this concussion thing is like, I'll have a really shitty day where I have like horrible headache and my vision is blurry. And I'm just like, you know what? Today is going to be a shit day. Today's going to be a fuck you day. And that's okay. But tomorrow I'm going to pick myself back up and I'm going to make these phone calls and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So sometimes it's just like giving the space, like I do to my clients, to myself and just being like, all right, today I'm okay to be frustrated with myself, but tomorrow I'm not. So it's like having that, that space too. Yeah, absolutely. This is partly why we have this podcast because selfishly, we just want to learn from other people. And it's like already on this call, I guarantee Matt and I are going to have some dope conversations about dating and girls and, you know, how we show up and, and things like that. And, uh, it's, it's a way of getting coaching. Um, and I love what, what you said of like, you know, practicing what you preach. And, you know, it sounds like you just make choices, 
to be where you want to be. And, uh, you know, our podcast is called modern happiness and we believe happiness is a choice. And, uh, we sent you a, a questionnaire and asked, what are the three things you want to talk about? And you said, choosing happiness. That was one of them. So I would love to hear more about that. If you could elaborate, um, what does happiness look like for you? How do you choose that, um, on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this kind of, um, yeah. And it's interesting. Cause like my mom knows that I'm like super, because uh, I'm visiting my parents in Jersey right now. And my mom knows that I'm uh, super all about like, you get to choose, you get to choose your reality, you get to choose your feelings. Um, so that's why like when I was struggling with the concussion a few days ago, she was like, Steph, you can choose fear or you can choose hope. Like, which one are you going to choose? What are you choosing right now? And like, I knew I was choosing fear because I was just like, what if I lose my vision? What if this happens? Like, this is so fucked up. Why did this happen to me? And it was just, it was totally fear-based. And it was just, you know, she was like, but you're choosing that you don't have to. And it was just this reminder, like, wow, like she's right. And this is what I always preach as well is like, you get to choose how you want to feel. You get to choose what direction you take. And part of that is just, is, you know, like we said in the beginning is like knowing, having a clear idea of where you want to go and knowing what you want to choose during these times. And I think it's important to like, have, have a lifestyle that excites the hell out of you and having feelings associated to that. And like, having a reminder of those feelings, like who do you wanna be and how do you wanna feel about your life? So that when you are going in a shit situation, you can refer to that, whether it's a list, whether it's like, you know, a certain specific memory where you close your eyes and you just, you think about it and you you put the feelings in your body. And it's it's good to always have that because you gotta know like life is a roller coaster always. Like you're gonna have times when you when it brings you down, but only you get to choose how you feel about the down. Like you will go down, but how are you going to interpret the down? And then what feeling are you going to choose around it? Um, so, so yeah, I think that's like, that's a big part of just choosing. And I tell my clients, I tell my clients this too, where a lot of guys will use, make excuses for things. And I don't even think they realize they're doing it most of the time. So I always call them out and they'll say things like, oh, well, I didn't have, um, yeah, I didn't have time to work out like four days a week, but I did, I did three. So, and then I'll say, okay, well, you told me last week you would, you would do four. So like, why didn't you, you said you have time for four. Why didn't you do the four? And you're like, oh, well, this thing came up and I'm like, okay, well, how long does a workout actually take? Like we said like a minimum of 20 minutes. Right. And he'll be like, uh, yeah, but I just didn't have, like, did you not have the time or did you not choose to do it? And it's like, it will finally, they'll finally be like, I didn't, I didn't choose to do it. Okay. I'm like, okay, so that's, you, you just didn't choose it. That's okay. Like, just, but tell me that, like, be honest with yourself, be honest with me. Like, don't call, like, don't talk this bullshit. It's not real, you know? So it's, it's just reminding us, like, even in our actions, we have choices and we get to choose what we prioritize. We get to choose how we feel. Um, and I think like, we don't get to choose our emotions because emotions are innate within us and feelings are interpretations of emotion. So you get to choose how you interpret your emotional state. And another thing that often happens with my clients and with everyone in general is like, they'll feel anxiety and they don't even really know why they feel anxiety. Some of the time, sometimes they do know why, but the body interprets, um, has the, the same feeling is as anxiety is the same feeling as, as excitement in the body. So the body feels the same feeling for each of these two emotions. So you get to interpret, okay, do I want this to be anxiety right now? Or can I make this excitement right now? Like you get to choose which one do you want it to be? Cause the body, it's no different to the physical body. It's no different. So what, what, how can you like choose 
your interpretation. What do you want it to be? Is there anything exciting in your life that you're building anticipation towards? Okay, how can you think about that right now while you're feeling this uneasiness in the body and shift this whole feeling of uneasiness to excitement for that thing? And it's just allowing them to realize, wow, I can really like manipulate my body and my actions based on me choosing. And it kind of is this positive manipulation where you're kind of like fucking with your head, but in a good way, you know, based on what you want. And it's just, it's so powerful. Like our interpretations are everything. Like think about our entire life is made up on how we interpret things that happen to us. That's it. That's literally life in a nutshell. Like our life is how we interpret things that happen to us. And that depends, that creates your mood, that creates, which then creates your, um, your personality as a whole. And then that's the person you are. That's your identity. That's how people see you. So it all goes back to your interpretations, which goes back to like why I'm doing this new course for men is helping them interpret, you know, these emotional events in a way that strengthens them, not deflates them. Yes. Steph, we are so on the same page. I love this. Yeah. We, we got big smiles over here. Oh uh, man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, and it, it ties in everything you've said before. It's like giving the men permission and then also taking responsibility for your life. And, um, I use that same example with my clients. I talk about sensations in the body. So I really have them get aware of like, Oh, if I have a pit in my stomach and it's like you said, it could be, uh, that could be scary. That could be nervousness or anxiety, or that could be excitement. And it's like just helping people become aware. Um, and ultimately, I think that's the issue that so many people in life have is they, they don't take control. They don't take responsibility for that. They just let life happen to them. And, uh, man, this, this has been incredible. I, I think it's so cool. We started talking about relationships with men, but, uh, I think that really you're just helping them discover how to be a better person and be the best version of themselves, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like to think like the main message is really tying who they are to their future self and filling that gap, bridging that gap in between through action and emotional expression. Yeah. That's it. Action. And you said before when explaining choosing happiness, you said choice so many times and Taylor said this mood follows action, you know, and what is that action we're taking? Is it the journaling? Like what steps do you have to, um, to get out of this? Or even if it's just a thought, am I nervous or am I excited? And that's the action you can take to reframe that scenario. So yeah, I've loved this conversation. Uh, yeah. we gonna wrap it up. Interviewers. These are really yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. I would, you know, uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you, you have your program relationship mastery, mastery for men. What does that look like? Um, you know, maybe just give some details. Anybody that might be interested, we'll definitely, you know, link your contact info and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So relationship mastery for men is going to be a eight week course helping guys dig into everything we talked about today. Um, and along with the eight week course is one hour zoom calls once a week with other guys who are going through the course themselves. So it will be a group or self-paced, um, course. So guys will have the option, but really, you know, the outcome is all this good stuff of just having confidence as a man to be his live to his fullest, um, expression and be the man he wants to be and come out feeling like for the first time and for a lot of men it's you know feeling proud of himself not enough guys feel proud of the man they are and i want guys to feel more of that and i know that this program is going to do exactly that and i'm excited for it so that's awesome so where can uh, people find you where can people find this program yeah people the program will be coming out it will be released at the end of this month i'm not sure exactly when yet um but i will be uh doing a pre-launch pretty soon in the next week or so so 
if everyone just goes to my Instagram, that's where I do all my announcements and I'll be posting about it. So if they go to Steph Ganowski, um, you'll probably spell it out, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have it for them. And uh, yeah, and for reference, it is the middle of June, 2021. If anyone's wondering, yeah. if you're listening to this at a later time. Um, yeah. Awesome. So I love this. June, it, will be, it will be launched. Yeah. Relationship mastery for men. So good. Steph, it's been such a pleasure to have you guys, even girls. I'm sure you got a lot from this, but guys, if you want to be sexy, if you want to get in, if you want to be sexy, get in touch with your emotions, then you can become unshakable and live a happier life. And that's what this is all about. So yeah, thanks again, Steph. It was such a pleasure having you. And until next time, everyone, peace. Thanks.